Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWF. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. If we in a position that I'd rather not be in, but the queen runs the top. Is that the Rock is going in this Sunday night to do exactly what he does best, lay it the smack it down, and, and pal, I'll kiss your boots if you can do it. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. Because this is the world heavyweight title. I am the man, brother, and this is strictly business. That's our job. That's our job. And Rick Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. One. All right. What's up? We're here. Live it's in person. A long time in the making. Our very first live episode. Uh, <laughs> so sorry if it sounds kind of trash. We're doing this with one microphone. It was kind of short notice. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. Thankfully, nothing important has happened the past two months in the world or in wrestling. It's been a very uneventful two months, so we haven't really uh, haven't really missed anything. But yeah, um, there's a lot happening in the world, and this week specifically, a lot happening in wrestling. Um, we ended the uh, Taker documentary, which we're watching the first episode of it right now. Um, and then we've had all these um, accusations, yeah, of, yeah. of sexual misconduct, sexual assault, and these different kind of things, allegations. Um, Joey Ryan, big canceled. Get him out of here. Um, Sammy Guevara, get him out of here. Yeah, Sammy Guevara, very canceled. The most canceled that anybody can be. Um, yeah, dude, so what's going on? First of all, past two months, like, how much wrestling have you watched? Or, oh, my gosh, Or you kept up with? Uh, so when you came over, we, yeah. we, we both noticed that uh, it's been yeah. so long since yeah. I've logged into the network that... Yep. Uh, I forgot my password. Yep. Uh, so over the past two months, I tried initially when they went from um, from live stadium shows to the performance center. I tried to keep up a little bit. Uh, I just kind of lost interest for a while. Yeah. It's, I think it's hard to stay invested when it's such a closed environment. There, there were no fans. Yeah. Um, now they're starting to let uh, – I guess they had the, the development developmental talent in the stands, and then now they're I letting so, yeah. a small number of fans back in. Yeah. Um, so I th- I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna try to catch Raw tonight. I'm gonna make a conscious effort to get back <laughs> into it. Yeah. Oof. I um. I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I've watched the pay per view shows. Like I watched Money in the Bank. Um, I watched Backlash last week, and I mean, we can get into that, I guess. But not there's there just hasn't been much happening. Like there was no, uh, no titles changed hands at Backlash. Um, I guess the biggest thing that's probably happened was Becky Lynch. Uh, as far as in-ring stuff. The man, the mother. The man, yeah, the ma. Um, mm-hmm. Becky Lynch stepping out for at least the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, probably probably even more than that. Some people speculating she might just be retiring, which... That would be terrible. Would be sad. I, I wasn't really ready for that. I mean, you know, I... But that's a mentality of like wrestling fans, I guess. It's just like I will, I don't want that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, like it's good for. I'm I'm happy that you know her and Seth are starting their family. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and so it's gonna be it's gonna be weird not having her there. And it's kind of like the beginning of the end of the four horsewomen mm-hmm. era and all that stuff. So that that's probably the biggest deal is just her stepping out. 
to and then also have a baby. all the uh, all the releases. We that's that yeah, was like that a was, month ago. That we was didn't honestly even... yeah, that was like probably the biggest thing that happened that we didn't cover was just the fact that there was so many. Uh, well, I think people were calling it like Black Wednesday because it was like this just one day they let go like I don't like. 30% of their roster or something like that. Like, they let go a ton of people, uh, which As is a result not of funny. The virus. But yeah. yeah, it's just, uh, you know, lack lack of funding and all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, I think of, you think of something like WWE, like it's a massive corporation. It's like one of those things that it would take it, like even if they were making zero profit, it would take it a long time for them to just completely have to shut down. But like, you don't think of it as a, the type of company that's going to be affected by you know, lack of crowds and stuff. But then, I mean, you factor in, you know, they have three live shows a week that people can buy tickets to. <laughs> and so they, you rely have like, on, they rely on the Yeah, money. and then you have no tickets being sold all of a sudden. Like, that is a huge impact. So they were, unfortunately, having to let go of a lot of people. But even at that, it's like, I, I don't know what, what I can say about that other than just, like, I hope those people find better opportunities at other companies. I mean... The, well, the weird thing about it is, like, the only people that have actually popped up on a different show, I think, are The Revival, but they... The Revolt, They weren't, maybe. like... Yeah, yeah, The Revolt, but they weren't really released. Like, they... I mean, they were, but they wanted to be released, so mm-hmm. I don't really consider that the same thing. Uh, like, I really want Rusev to go somewhere and do something. Um, I want, like... I don't know, I mean, people cry about EC3 all the time about how he was misused, so hopefully... I mean, it looks like he's going to, like... Impact. Or I something. think he's going back to Impact, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, I mean, good for him. I don't know. Impact's just that's another company never going to die. I, I don't know how they've survived. I don't. <laughs> I have no clue how they're still operating right now. I randomly caught, uh, like, I don't even know how because I don't even know what channel it was on. <laughs> yeah. Somehow I I wound up watching like five minutes of Impact Heck the other yeah. night. Well, they're um, on a they're on some weird channel that I don't even know is like in normal cable package because like they used to be on like spike or something Back and then the, yeah i don't think spike even exists anymore and then it's on like access access it's on TV. The, no i think they moved it even again it's weird though because oh, so I, I caught like like i said just a small little glimpse yeah. of that show the other night they're unaffected because they didn't have a crowd to begin with <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah they weren't selling tickets they might actually be like making more money now um less expense yeah so that like stuff like like ring of honor like i don't know what they're doing right now mm-hmm. new japan just started having shows again um i think like last week they had their first show um since everything shut down mm-hmm. so yeah it's just i hope that these released wrestlers like find other places to go but obviously like it's not a great time for you know nobody's like looking to sign a bunch of new contracts right now yeah, not so, a great like, time to be an independent contractor <laughs> yeah so it's just not it's it's tough for them right now so hopefully when we kind of get towards the end of the summer um things start creeping somewhat back to normal, I hope that these wrestlers find places to go. I mean, I think, like, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows were two of the ones I was pretty sad about, but mm-hmm. they seem like they immediately kind of knew what they wanted to do. So it's like they seemed kind of ready for it. I mean, I know, like, Carl Anderson wants to go back to Japan. So there was a... And I I think he'll be welcome back there. I just um, actually, before like, right before you pulled up, I came across an article. Yeah. Uh, I forgot who posted it, but... Uh, the direct t- I didn't even get a chance to read it, but the title of the the article was uh, Carl Anderson. It was either him or Gallows. Carl Anderson on on potential WWE return. Oh, and then it was and then it was like his quote, his his what he said yeah. it was like no effing way. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> they were long gone. I think they were I think they were just fine. I see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know how happy they were with 
their position there or whatever, you know. I don't know how they actually felt about it. So, yeah, I think as sad as I was to see them go, like, them moving on probably makes sense. Um, which that, you know, resulted in AJ being moved over to uh, SmackDown, which you, you should watch the, the Daniel Bryan and AJ match. It was a banger. Like, that was a backlash? Like, no, no, no. That was actually on SmackDown. Oh, for, cool. for the It was the final of the Intercontinental cool, tournament. Cool. So um, the one thing I do, I, I so I, I well I haven't been watching, yeah, regularly. I have been keeping up with their Twitter, obviously, because yeah, they yeah. post it on the Twitter feed. You can really and get <laughs> everything from there. The yeah. uh, WWE, some wild boys with the Jeff Hardy like dude drunk, uh, yeah, like running so, somebody over. Yeah, basically, like <laughs> you have this whole thing where he was, it was staged that he was in an accident, like someone framed him, uh, like had alcohol in his car or something, but it wasn't his fault. Like, I don't know what it was. Like, something, yeah, like, the episode of SmackDown just starts out with, like, I can't remember who it was, one of the, like, uh, ringside reporters that was, like, outside the Renee performance. Renee Young. Was it Renee Young? Yeah. <laughs> she was outside the performance center. Like, there's a, there's a developing situation. It's like, okay, they don't usually cover uh, outside things that happen. And then, and then Jeff it's Hardy's like being Jeff Hardy, like, you know, flew through a windshield or something. Like, it was just crazy. <laughs> crazy. Which... Uh, you know, led to a match with him and Sheamus at Backlash, and he lost. So, just very sad overall for Jeff. But uh, glad to see him working again, though. I mean, I'm glad he's back. But that was just, I mean, man, that's what a story to do with him. I mean, that, that's little... like, that's very Bruce Pritchard, I think. That's yeah. like really taking it back to the uh, to the old days. We're like, we're going to use an actual real, <laughs> real life situation uh, and, you know, make it part of a, a gimmick. But yeah. Um, so I don't know what's next for Jeff, but uh, I hope they don't have him running too many of those. Uh, you know, have him doing matches at like AA meetings or something like that. Like I, <laughs> I hope they leave him alone with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, as much as much work it, that he's put into actually uh, being sober, like I hope they <laughs> hope they kind of just leave that alone. But obviously, I mean, I'm sure he was cool with it, or it they wouldn't, you know, because he's got enough. Like, he's definitely got enough. He carries enough weight to be like, if he didn't want to do something, I think he could speak up and say he didn't want to do it. So, yeah. Um, I guess he was cool with it. But yeah, so um, those, I guess, the releases were a big deal. Becky was a big deal. Um, the Intercontinental Championship thing was fun. That was that match with AJ and uh, Daniel Bryan was really good. I think, I feel like AJ is probably going to turn again. He's probably going to go back like face now mm-hmm. that he doesn't have like a stable with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, when they did his like, they did his like crowning ceremony thing on SmackDown this Friday and. He was still kind of acting like a heel, so I don't know what their, what the move is with him. But uh, and then yeah, and then I guess we got all this Taker stuff, um, and then we have all the bad news. But yeah, first I guess I guess since we're just watching it right now, um, what do you think? Do you think Taker's done? Do you think this is the end for him? So you texted me the other day and you were like, I think Taker. I think you. It was out of nowhere. You're just like, I think Taker's done. Yeah. I guess you had just watched the. Film, yeah, I was. So. Well, I just saw a lot of people saying like, they, you know, they did the whole thank you Taker thing yesterday, and I, and I hadn't watched the last episode yet, but I assumed that there was there must have been something said in there that made it sound because they, the only thing I didn't like about this is that they didn't air it at a certain time, so mm-hmm. it was just like Randomly. Sunday. It was just like it's up. You can yeah. watch it now. Like I, I wish they would have done it at a certain time so everybody could have been watching it like all together, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, so I was just assuming he must have said something that made people think. But also, like, I think I texted you about it the other day, too, because I was just thinking, like, I don't know what the point of them doing this whole, like, last ride thing is if he's just 
I mean, it's you know, it's literally called the last ride. It's about you know, if this isn't like his which swan he, song, yeah. And he's he said like he said at the beginning he started taping all this stuff because he thought that the match with Roman at twenty seventeen, yeah, at thirty three Mania thirty three was actually his retirement, and then he realized that it wasn't, and so he just kept the cameras rolling basically. Mm-hmm. So. I was just thinking, you know, what's the point of releasing all this if that's not like the end game? But yeah, yeah I don't know. What do you What do you think? And so when you text me that I have like I have not seen it. this is my first time. I'm on episode one right now. Yeah, we're, this is my first time watching any of it. I didn't. Yeah, I was waiting until it all came out so I could kind of watch it together. And so I had seen a couple of like the interviews that he had done, or I'd listened to a couple of the interviews he done on some various podcasts. And so I kind of got the impression that he wasn't done. Um, but then I saw WWE posted a tweet that had the video. Of kind of what he said in episode five. Yeah, and I think he's done. I think I think Taker's done. I mean, he he still didn't say like he's he just he won't officially say like I'm retired. <laughs> he's like, like if Vince is in a back, if Vince is in a corner, and he calls me up and yeah. he's like, hey, will you do this? And like, but he's probably being more honest than like some guys are because yeah. some people will straight up say they're done and then you they'll see be back in like a year. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I, I mean, the fact that he's like. Not so saying about he'll it. never come back, but it's just like everyone watching him. I think just realizes that he, he ain't got it. He's past time. Like he's he's. I think that. So I don't know. I I think ending on the boneyard match would be really cool because A cinematic match. It, it was having going out strong. The first of that like type, and that might continue being like a thing that they do even when they so. have fans back I think they might continue doing the cinematic thing I hope so which, they do it really well yeah and if they do I mean he was a part of the first one which is like another notch on his belt for mm-hmm. all the historic stuff that he's done so I think like going out being able to like innovate something new like that like not many people can do that so I think like that would be a good chance for him to just hang it up and you know say I'm done mm-hmm. but um I mean, if he wanted to keep doing those type of things, the whole, you know, the really produced... Like, he could do edited, that forever because yeah. they can they can doctor that up and make him look good. Because they're so edited that he can go as slow as he needs to go or whatever. But, I don't know, man. It's just, In ring, he can't... He, he, can't he just do doesn't... He's so... He's got so much pride. And it's yeah. like, it's not... I'm not necessarily saying that that's a bad thing. It's just like... I mean, he he has that type of pride that like will get him hurt if he yeah. doesn't like if he doesn't. Like, it almost slow did down. At, uh, yeah. at the Crown Jewel. Man, that was so. I mean, I watched that match, but like watching them talk about it on here, like watching them talk about it on the dock, and them showing the uh, the jackhammer from like six Very different angles. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's and, like watching a car crash. He even like he when he talks about it, he's so chill. But he's like, yeah, that was probably like an inch away from being like, killed him from being like paralyzed. A, catastrophic Draws. yeah like hey yeah like so i don't know to have that many run-ins just being that close to being forced to never do it again maybe not even ever be able to like you know fully Walk. move again yeah. Yeah. yeah so the fact that he still wants to go back to it like obviously he has a he has a, a deep love for it that i don't think many people have ever had or will ever have <laughs> like he he is probably more in love with like the business than anyone but maybe even Vince, honestly. Like, he's he's probably... Because if roles were reversed and he was, like, the chairman and Vince was, you know, the talent, I don't know that he would that he would have been as loyal to him as Taker is to him. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to say that, really. But I, I just... You know, he's one of the most loyal guys that's ever worked for them. And he will do. You know, he, he probably will come back if Vince wants him to. Because I'm sure that there will be a... Uh, <laughs> 
There's going to be a uh, Taker Hogan match at Saudi in like 2025. And they're both, both going to have to be stretchered out to the yeah. ring and, and stretchered <laughs> out from the ring. <laughs> Triple threat match. Yeah. Him, Taker, yeah. and Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they, which, it's funny. Just, I, I, it's clear that like the Saudi authorities, I guess, whoever it is that's like kind of coordinating those shows, like they obviously love the classic guys yeah. <laughs> they don't, they're not nearly as interested in like the newer <laughs> yeah. which is why they want to keep you know I, I feel like they've definitely asked him like can we get these two people and it's like oh yeah both those people are uh, dead yeah it's like <laughs> oh man really yeah like uh, I feel like that's definitely happened so um, yeah I mean <laughs> I could I could definitely see Taker coming back to a Saudi show but you <laughs> when, I can't remember what episode is in but like the one of the best parts of this whole thing is when they talk about the uh, the tag team match the DX and Brothers of Destruction match <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. Oh my God! That just how much of a train wreck that was, and they all know it. You know, was that like the, was that the one where Kane's wig his, came off? His mask came off. Yeah, he had and to then, go like corporate Kane uh, match. Yeah, and then uh, Sean did like a like a moonsault thing and just missed and like hit the floor, and it was just so many bad things happened in that match. Like so, and then well, Triple H like tore his pec or whatever, mm-hmm. tore tore something in that match, and like pretty early on too, and so. Because I think that match went on for 20, way 25 long. minutes. Way, way yeah, like way long. too long. So, yeah, I, I mean, just them talking about kind of... But it's just, it's like every time he has a huge failure like that, something else happens. Because then, I think it was in the same year. I don't remember the timeline. But then last summer, Extreme Rules, he did that tag match with Roman hmm. against Drew and Shane. And that match was really, really good. good. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, like, and he was working really well in that match. And then, like... After he had the whole thing with Roman at Mania 33, he came back the next year against Cena, and he looked, like, better than he had ever looked that yeah. year. You know, so it's just, like, every time he has a setback, it's like he comes back stronger, but eventually you're just, like, rolling the dice too many times with that. Yeah, and so it's just, like, I think it's I think it's in his best interest to be done, but if he actually is, I Let's hope he remains is. to be seen. Yeah. Let's just hope he is. I hope so, too. But, yeah, um... Last Ride, very good docuseries. Um, definitely worth checking out. Also, uh, watch the Broken Skull sessions with him and Stone Cold. That was also a very <laughs> good interview. Stone Cold's a pretty good interviewer. He's he's had a lot of experience with this podcast and stuff. Dude, and I, so, I listen. His voice yeah. can put me to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Any, yeah oh, we were uh, talking about that I the other it. night. I was like, I just I, I can just listen to him and fall asleep. Like uh-huh. it's so great listening to him do interviews. But yeah, so um, that's obviously a big a big thing that's going on. What do you do? You have any like standout matches in your head? Like favorite Undertaker? Taker matches. I mean, Hell in a Cell against McFoley. Oh, right? definitely. Mankind. Definitely. That's. That's like all time. Yeah, yeah. That one's <laughs> solid. I think uh, his match that we watched uh, at seventeen against Triple H. That one's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to think. I mean, I've seen a lot of his recent stuff too, so it's kind of hard to think about. Like, it's hard to remember back to the older. I need to go back and watch stuff. Like, young Undertaker. I yeah, I know. So, so one takeaway is uh, he's he was super athletic. Yeah. Very athletic, crazy, big man. He's, he's, he's like huge. 6'10", 6'11". Yeah. yeah. So I need to go back and watch a lot of his older stuff from the, um, the late 90s. Yeah, I know. I, do, I want to, too. I know he had a lot of, like, big matches at, like, Survivor Series and stuff like that. Like, he did, he did a lot of, uh, like, the, the big four pay-per-views. I know he had a lot of, like, really, which there wasn't even 
all those all the same big four back then, I don't think. But yeah, I know we had some SummerSlam matches too that were apparently really good. I know like his early Mania matches didn't get as much love, I think mostly because of just who he was working with. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't as good. But yeah. obviously you have the streak, which is crazy. I, I like the match with him and Brock where he loses the streak. Like I I'm a fan of that match. But you hear him talk about it and he's like he says he doesn't remember anything past like three thirty that day. So he has like no memory of that entire like he doesn't remember that match at all. He said he's watched it like so many times trying to remember Was he like drunk? No, no, he was just he had a concussion. And so like he oh, okay. he got concussed like somewhere in that match and doesn't remember anything about it. So it's like, yeah, which is crazy cuz that was probably that's one of the biggest matches of his career losing uh-huh. the streak like easily. So it's just it's crazy that he doesn't remember anything about that. I mean, obviously he's always going to have the tape, but Yeah. Um yeah. So it'll be sad to see him go, but at the same time, like I would rather see him walk out while he can still walk. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather see him, see him walk out than be stretched out. Yeah, then see him have to literally be carried out cuz then it's like, well, this gimmick's not fun anymore if mm-hmm. he's actually dead. Um it's not, you know, doesn't uh doesn't work like that. But yeah, I mean, I definitely think like I would be I think it would be cool if he just still pops up from time to time. Like if yeah. he just still kind of if he comes through and, you know, you hear the gong and he walks out to the ring and he kind of, you know, squares up with somebody, threatens somebody, whatever, um, I think it'd still be cool to just see him make appearances from time to time. Like, they still do that with, with Ric Flair. They still do yeah. that with a lot of the older guys. Um, Sean's kind of different because he's working with the NXT guys, but, like, they, they still do that with a lot of the older talent. Like, they have him just pop up from time to time, you know. Yeah. I think it'd definitely be cool to have him do that. You know, it's still a character that, like, everyone's going to, as long as he can stand in the ring and, you know, be in his, you know, trench coat and hat and everything, like, everyone's going to, like, want to see him, even if he's not wrestling. But mm-hmm. then again, to him, it's like, I don't know if he would be able to get over the fact that, like, I'm just going to go, you know, talk or stand there or whatever and not actually, like, he would want to be get wrestling, physical. you know? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if he would, I mean, he would do it if they wanted him to, I'm sure, but... I think uh, he definitely wouldn't be as happy with that, with just being like an on-screen kind of thing. But I mean, he I think he could definitely uh, he probably could have a lot to offer backstage too if he wanted to do some kind of producing role or whatever. But that also doesn't seem like it's really his like what he really wants to do. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I mean, time will tell. Yeah, weird to think that we might have seen the last of him, but it's just one of those things where he seemed done so many times and it's like even even watching this whole documentary and hearing him basically say that he doesn't have any desire to do it again it's like it's all stuff that you kind of heard before so it's it's hard to think about if it's you know really legit mm-hmm. but anyways um yeah and then other than that it's been a pretty heavy week i mean we've had a lot a lot a lot of stories coming out um about you know, sexual assault allegations and do you, tons of things coming out. Do you happen to have like a? I, they, I feel like there've been so many that I don't yeah, even know. There definitely has. But uh, the ones, huh. that, the ones that stick out to me are obviously Joey Ryan and Joey Ryan was Sammy the Guevara. was probably the biggest one. Yeah, Sammy Guevara was really just happening like today. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Joey the Joey Ryan one's so like ironic because yeah. So I, I, obviously I don't watch Impact very much, but no. So he's on Impact now apparently, and. Yeah. His new gimmick was he was the leader of cancel culture, which yeah. is like I guess a stable there. Yeah. And so he, he was 
his role on well, screen was exactly what's happening. He to would him do now. Th- he would do things that were like like he was basically a pervert. That was like his gimmick. Like he's like he's you know like grabbing girls and having people do things to him and stuff. I mean like yeah like that's literally his gimmick. Which like what in the world's impact thinking allowing that to happen? First of all, but like. It's, now it's, it's even worse in retrospect. Because yeah, this is, I mean, this is what he was really doing. it's very similar to how like all this Chris D'Elia stuff is coming out, and he just played a pedophile on on this second season of You, like this year. Like he just he was on screen like a pedophile character, and then mm-hmm. now all that stuff came out about him. Like it's very similar that you know Joey Ryan's whole gimmick was literally just him. Like it was just he just wanted to be a scumbag and like decided to make it his gimmick. And so yeah, yeah, you know, all these stories have come out. I mean, there was like. Probably the worst one I saw about him was that he had booked this girl for a show on her 18th birthday just so she could, like, grab his crotch. Like, that was, like, I mean, ridiculous. So that was that was probably the biggest one. Joey, Joey Ryan is out of here. Um, I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of scrolling Twitter at the moment. Yeah. They just said that he's unlikely to return to Impact. And then apparently so. he owns uh, Bar Wrestling, which is like a, I guess, an indie promotion. Yeah, so he does and like they're a, like closing down. He does a, uh, you know how like Joey Janela does the spring break mm-hmm. thing every year. He does like a similar, like I think he does a Mania weekend show that he sponsors, which is probably that under that promotion. So I'm guessing that all of that is just out the window at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, which like it seems like most people already didn't like him, and so I guess that it was just kind of once. Once there was, like, something said, uh, then it was just stories flew out because it had just been building up for so long. Like, and it's it's crazy. And it's just, it sucks, too, that every time this, every time something like this happens, you know, there's just so much, people still want to defend, you know, characters like that. And they still, yeah. like, there's people who are going to, who are going to defend Joey Ryan even after he's not even relevant anymore. You know, it's like... Mm-hmm. And it's just so sad. It's so sad to see that, like, we and – and this happens in every other aspect. Like, it's not just wrestling, but it's just sad that there's people who are going to immediately want to defend the – that perpetrator, I guess, uh, you know, rather than just, like, believing the victims. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, a big thing that we've already seen. And it's, like, a lot of people that I follow have been kind of making the point, like, do you know how much these – because most of them are other, are other wrestlers that are saying this – and it's like they're causing a lot of trouble for themselves because they're like people are going to look at them now because they said something and they're going to associate them with problems. So like even the the victims speaking up are risking a lot by just speaking up. Like it's not just by coming. And that's yeah. why like a lot of times it takes and, years for people to come out. Like some right. of these allegations are very like and in a lot of a lot of cases like people will tell stories kind of anonymously, but these have just been straight up like wrestlers telling their individual stories and so they're putting themselves on the line because promotions may look at them and be like well you know we'd love to have you at this show but you know you still kind of have all the joey ryan stuff going on you know so it's like they're not putting themselves in a great position either by doing this like but they did it because they knew they had to so it's like i i just think like the blowback on on that and people trying to defend him is just ridiculous and then we have the sammy Guevara stuff that came out today which like him and sasha banks were like in a Twitter fight argument thing yesterday, like they really? were. I didn't even know that. They, it wasn't. It wasn't really like it. They were just kind of going back and forth. Like it wasn't really like a, a real thing. Like basically, Sasha Banks was tweeting how they were. Well, I'm surprised she actually did this, but she was tweeting how her and Bailey were a better tag team than 
Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, and she's like, <laughs> we're better than like, whatever, what stupid name are they calling themselves right now? Uh, the Sex Gods or something. They're like, we're like <laughs> Sasha. Yeah, well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, exactly. And then so Sasha Banks said like, we're better than hashtag like I think it's Lay Sex Gods. Like we're better than them. And so he like quoted it and said something back to her, which it was it was more kind of a joking thing. Just some and, yeah, so it wasn't as it wasn't a, a huge deal. People were still kind of like, what is he doing? Like going at her like that, but like it wasn't a huge deal. And then today, you have an audio that surfaces of him like I don't know, it was three or four years ago, on some podcast saying that no, it was on his like you know he he has like a YouTube channel he like vlogs on. So it was on, it was his, on his channel. YouTube channel. Okay. I didn't know that. So like, was, like, what are you doing? Yeah, so on his channel, he said, he straight up says, I had an audition, I had an NXT audition, and I wanted to rape Sasha Banks. Like, just said it exactly like that. Like, did not, he wasn't alluding to no, he just anything. Said, like, he wasn't just, like, saying, you know, he, he didn't make it like a, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, you know what I mean? Like, he just straight up said, like, I wanted to rape her. Like, which is sick on many levels. A lot of levels because like to just skip straight to that instead of saying that I thought Sasha Banks was super hot or something like I mean to skip straight to I wanted to rape her, not even like I wanted to like take her out, I wanted to do, you know, this I don't know, so many like other way other things you could have said. Obviously, the only reason you say something like that is not like that's not a joke. That's not something funny that's not lighthearted. Yeah. like the only reason you say something like that is because you are genuinely that sick like you that you just don't say that's not a normal thing to say like about anyone and and to you know like i said there's so many other things you could say that are more appropriate and more like oh it's you know it's funny i thought sasha pinks was hot or whatever like there's so many ways you can do that appropriately without you know and that that's just yeah it's a sick thing to say to say what he said and so we haven't heard anything from AEW yet, I don't think. Um, double check here. I think we have. Let's look at their page, but I'm pretty sure we haven't seen anything from them. Um, no, they had a tweet three hours ago. This Wednesday on Dynamite. Let me see if Sammy. Pressure's on as Fighter Fest approaches. Let's see what the replies to this tweet are looking oh, like. Uh, Guevara made a statement on Twitter. Did he? <clears throat> Quote, I've made stupid, inappropriate, and extremely offensive comments in my past. In my idiotic mind, I thought I was being funny and using words and terms that, that represent nothing but horror and pain. <laughs> I'm truly sorry for my hurtful words and actions, and I will never forgive myself. That's, I hate when people, I, like, I hate that because yeah. he's not, he's sorry that somebody, that that research. Exactly, yeah, he's like, I'm sorry you guys this found this video. This didn't cross yeah. his mind yeah. until, until somebody called him out on it. Yeah. Like, that's... Because if, if it had, he would have gotten ahead of it himself and been like, listen, there's a video of me saying this, and I want to say, you know, how disgusted I am with This is just, This is nothing more than a reaction to... Exactly. Which is like 99% celebrity apologies are just like, I'm very sorry that you guys got mad about this terrible thing that I said. And it's like, it's not, it's never actually helpful or constructive. And so, yeah, I think he's just falling right in line with kind of a, a normal celebrity reaction I guess but yeah I'm looking at this this tweet from I guess it must have just been a scheduled tweet 11am from AEW uh, just a promo for Dynamite and then all the replies are just fire Sammy fire Sammy and then people being like no don't fire Sammy uh, I, think he, <laughs> like I, just, I, think he, I think he should be fired yeah I mean yeah that's, man. That's, I mean 
it's can't have people that representing your company. That's another thing too. It's like when people get rightfully upset about stuff like this, and people want to see him fired. Like other people's, some people's immediate reactions are like, "Whoa, that's so that's so far. That's so you know, that's so extensive." It's like, is it like it should you should you be able to just continue living your life normally when you are in the public eye and then you do something stupid like terrible like that like not even stupid like just like disgusting like that like you have to suffer some type of consequence and what are they going to do if they don't fire him just take him off tv for you know a few weeks like he's still going to be getting paid like what so something has to affect his bottom line like he's Mm -hmm. i don't know man it's just like yeah something definitely needs (laughs) needs to change and something definitely needs to happen so that he and other people especially because you're looking at AEW as I mean I think most people are considering them the second biggest company some people would argue they're the first biggest company but yeah like I think most people are considering them the second biggest wrestling promotion and what kind of example do you want to make out of you know and it's just like even even if some people are saying it's harsh to fire him or whatever you if they want to be relevant and if they want to be, you know, they pride themselves so much on being like the woke company mm-hmm. and you know, they're like, you know, WWE is the, is the bigots and the racist and the homophobes and all this other stuff. They pride themselves on being like the, the socially progressive company. And it's like, this is like, this is your time to prove Like you're either about it or you're not like, this is your time to prove it. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I mean, what time is it? It's almost three o'clock. I think that stuff's been going around since, maybe nine or ten this morning mm-hmm. and so yeah just ha- and haven't heard anything about it i mean I, they definitely should have and maybe they will maybe they will hopefully hopefully, by the, hopefully they will i, I guess just hopefully by the end of the day they'll make some sort of statement i mm-hmm. think definitely they need to they need to get on it though and they need to you know even if they're not going to fire him they just need to make some sort of statement saying he's going to face some kind of discipline i mean yeah. You just can't promote themselves the way that they promote themselves and then let something like that slide. Because if you do, then you're just completely fake. And everybody knows that you're just doing that for attention, which mm-hmm. is what a lot of people already think they're doing. So it's like, you know, I don't know. This is their chance to be real and to actually, you know, be about what they say they're about. So hopefully um, he will see some consequences for His doing actions. that. Because, yeah, and I mean, you also got to consider the fact that that's been on his page for years and he is he's never thought to like he could have deleted that at any he, could, time. he could have like yeah the stupidity as he as he posted it in the first place exactly so yeah which is a, i mean the worst part is it's in your heart that you would say something exactly like that. then it's the the next tier of you are stupid enough to post that yeah um and then there's like people defending him, like not defending him, but they're like he shouldn't be as hard. This was like three years ago, you know, three four years ago. I'm like, I don't care when it happened. It doesn't matter. He was a conscious adult that made exactly. that decision to say those words. He needs to be held yeah. accountable for him. Exactly. Yeah. And it just that's another thing that I never people always want to say like, well, it happened this many years ago. Why does it matter anymore or whatever? It's like I don't. There's not a. There's not an expiration. Not, yeah. There's not an expiration date on crap. Like, exactly. Exactly. Like yeah. There's there's no there's no time limit on just being a terrible person like obviously like he you know if he hasn't if he hasn't proven that he's any different than that then there's no reason to believe that he's changed you know so it's like hopefully he will hopefully this will teach him something you know i hope this is an experience that he can somehow grow from but at the same time you know get rid of him i just yeah yeah, like just let him figure that out on his own time (laughs) and just don't don't keep giving him paychecks and putting him on tv you know he can 
he can figure something else out while he's getting himself together. Just, yeah, I... It's just very hard in the climate we're in right now to feel sympathy for anything like that. Like, it's just very, it's very much like... <laughs> like all... We are so far past the point of knowing that things like that are wrong that it's yep. just like... It's very hard to feel sympathy for someone who's... Just knowingly would act that way. Yeah, exactly. So it's like... <sighs> yeah, man. I mean... A lot has been a lot has been going on lately, but have you so have you have you listened to the New Day Pod like at all? Mm-hmm. So they did an episode a couple weeks ago. I'll send you like the direct link to it. It's very good. Mm-hmm. But they did an episode just talking about everything that's been going on with the protests and with George Floyd and and Breonna Taylor and all these things. They did an episode discussing all of that, and it was it, it was amazing. It was it was super emotional. Um, very emotional and they had uh they had a journalist friend of theirs on who is he does like combat sports journalism stuff for uh i don't remember what company he works for but he does um he's black as well and so they had him on as just kind of a another person to sort of talk about everything that's been going on in the news and yeah very very heavy very emotional and then you know biggie and kofi in their match like last friday i think they took a knee and, you know, put the fist up before starting the match, which was a really good moment. It was cool that the WWE was, you know, willing we'll to let allow them, them do, do that. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, WWE has to, to talk about someone progressing like I don't, you know, I'm not trying to be like a bootlicker, but like they have, you know, they, they've made a lot of strides since like the early 2000s to, yeah. you know, put from screwing over Booker. Yeah. To, yeah, to, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, you know, you have Apollo Crews champion now. Uh, Street Profits are champions now. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. And yeah. I think that you have to like celebrate. You have to acknowledge that and celebrate that because exactly. it it is change. Yeah, Sasha Banks the champion right now, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I think you have to consider like how far they have moved ahead. I don't know how much of that credit falls on Vince or how much of that credit falls on people that we'll never know the names of, but mm-hmm. it, it's probably you know in a lot of the talent also that has been fighting for just their chance to um, have the same recognition as as everyone else. And um, yeah, I think. But listening to the New Day pod was, was really crazy. Basically, you know, Big E was just talking about how every time he sees a video uh, of something, some terrible injustice happening at the hands of a police officer, you know, he just he, he thinks about how it could be him or it could be any of the New Day people, you know, it, it, and it could, it could have been any of them. And he just, he can't help but put himself in the shoes of the victim and Mm -hmm. and think about how easily that could have been, you know, anybody else. And, um, you know, Xavier Woods told this story about how the, this was probably the, one of the heaviest parts, but he told the story about how when he was a kid and he was like, I don't know, he was eight or nine and he had this kid that he went to school with who, uh, basically he said like his, his mom had told him, you know, if anyone ever calls you any of these things, like, tell me. Mm-hmm. As soon as that happens, tell me. And so uh, this kid, you know, at school called him some slur and basically went home, told his mom. He said he remembered his mom kind of dropping everything in that moment and just coming to him, like, how do you feel? Like, are you, you know, like, just c- kind of trying to cater to, you know, how, how do you feel? Like, do you do you feel like you need anything right now or whatever? And she said that, she went to talk to the other boy's mom and that she um, she told Xavier Woods that she was like the next like three, four days, you and this boy have to 
walk to school together. Basically, you have to spend like as much time together as possible. And he said maybe the third day, the kid was playing like Mortal Kombat, and he was like offered, you know, X the controller and was like, "You want to play with me?" And he said, ever since that moment, there, him and that guy were really good friends after that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "I didn't," you know, he's like to understand. For my mom to, to know that that was the right move mm-hmm. and for, to, to be able to look at a kid who was confused and hurting and be able to say, like, you know, loving this person is, is better response than hating them and to have this self-control to be able to, like, say that and talk to the kid's parents and stuff was just like, you know, because he has kids and Kofi has kids and they were just talking about how, how much of a struggle that is to kind of try to protect your kids and at the same time educate them about what's going on. You know, yeah, because, like, like, I can, I can imagine yeah. that, like, if one of my kids were called a slur, I'm not... My yeah. first instinct is it's, not to, like, yeah. hey, you need to go hang out with this kid. My, my first exactly, instinct yeah. is, to, is, like, violence. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, man. It's, like, how... That's just human nature. Like, yeah. if, if somebody... But, like, to have that self-control and to Definitely. use it as a teaching moment and, I mean, ultimately, like, change... Xavier, because he remembers that moment, but right. also the kid's life. Like, since I mean, you know, it yeah. kind of changed his heart. I mean, I'm sure that kid's perspective is also very, very much like you know, he, he's probably thankful that that happened the way that it did, and mm-hmm. that he, him and you know Woods were able to become friends. Like, he's yeah. probably thankful for that also. And so, it's crazy to think about that. But yeah, man, I mean, it's we're seeing some wild, wild stuff happen right now. I mean, we're living through some like crazy history, and it's, I mean. You know, history books are being written like yeah, like we're living yeah, like you said, exactly. we're living it's, history. It's not like we have like thousands of listeners, but we still we're still using this platform to you know talk, and I think it would be, you know, it would be it would be irresponsible for us not to acknowledge what's going on. Exactly, yeah, and it's just man, I stand with the protesters. Black Lives Matter, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justice for Floyd, justice for Breonna Taylor. I mean, and the countless others who, whose names we'll never know. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, so many that we'll never even hear of. And I was just thinking about that too, about how not that long ago, like what was happening with George Floyd would not have even been a story because there would have been no way of knowing that it happened. Or like like it's been, like uh, like you if know, you we I mean we we literally see people like we're seeing people of color minorities, but more specifically black people men and women being yeah. killed on camera yeah so like imagine it imagine is. the countless lives that we don't even exactly. know about exactly the hashtag names that we don't know about because they weren't recorded exactly because I'm willing to bet that many more people have died the exact same way as we're watching people and we'll die never now. know and, we, yeah, we'll and those know. autopsies were, were ruled suicides accidental exactly and I mean not to mention yeah we found you know there's been five or six black men and women found hanged all road suicides and it's just you know it's like what's what's <laughs> like, happening like where are we stupid. where are we at right now like where like like what what america is this that we're in and it's i i mean yeah i think it's like this is everyone who wants to talk about making america great again like you need to know when was it ever great like when like like, like no like it's the, great for people who who it who the system benefits, benefits yes but when has it ever been great for every every single person in america it just hasn't been and that's if you're struggling with that reality I, it's just it's something you need to accept is the fact that america has always been great for the people that the, the, people, the people that, that are that saying the, system works the people that are saying make america great again it is already great for them and it's like it, that's that's the thing that that's where the disconnect is is like 
you by saying things like make America great again, what you really mean is I want all these people that are disrupting everything to shut up and Mm -hmm. continue to be minorities and continue to be shoved away and marginalized Mm -hmm. and yeah, know your place. Like I want, I want it to go back to that. That's what you're really saying because if you truly believed in the phrase, you know, make America great, it's just, just stop there. Make America great. <laughs> or now the, you, now, now the, yeah. you know, our, the, our joke of a president's uh, slogan is keep America great. Man. Like dude, your country that you're, you're the, you're the protector of our country because you're, you're, you're yeah. the top man in America. Yeah. Your country's literally on fire. Yep. So don't tell me that we're keeping America great in 2020. And it's just, man, <laughs> I mean, talk about the irony too of like, one night you have images of, of DC on fire. The next day he's doing a photo op in front of a church, holding up a Bible, and it's just like it, it's. That I mean, was the most. I've never been. <laughs> yeah. I've never been so upset. Yeah, man. and it's just like I, and the, I don't have the energy to argue online with people about <laughs> about politics ever. But like, I don't have the energy to argue with like these trolls who are Trump supporters. But like this isn't like about politics. This is about literal exactly. basic human rights. Exactly. And it's but, just and, like, and they're not equal for everybody. No matter what side <laughs> you're on right now, like history is is not going to be kind to the way he's handled this whole situation. And it's just and if, if you're if you're riding with him right now and thinking that whatever he says goes like I d I don't you can say that now, but in in even just five years, probably. I mean, we'll five, see, ten we'll years. From it. It, you're gonna know that he was not on the right side of this whole thing, and it's just—it's sad. It's very sad that he. It's sad to think about what it could look like if somebody different was at the head of all of it. Because, I mean, we don't have—we just don't have leadership right now. Like we—we we don't because he doesn't speak for everybody. He speaks a majority for the- of the country, you know. And it's like, so, where are those people who he doesn't? fall in line with like where is their representation and it's just it's and it's sad (laughs) and it's just it's affecting every every facet of our lives right now and it feels like like we've regressed 50 years it does it's just but at the same time it's like i'm glad that we can't ignore it like I'm, i'm glad that it's like becoming such a disruption that we just can't we you can't just act like it's not happening and i think you know, even if you start to see less about it on social media, I think the movement's still going very strong. And it's you, there's still a lot of people out there really making, like, a tangible difference. Mm-hmm. And sign the petitions that you come across and, you know, do do little things like that that don't inconvenience you at all. I mean, you should be inconvenienced, <laughs> but, like, there's some things you can do that don't inconvenience you at all. Yeah. Um, but man, go out of your way to just like be make a positive impact right now. Yeah, because it's it's definitely it's definitely not enough to just have a good heart to just yeah. be just to be right. Yeah, um, you can't just not be racist because that's what you're supposed to do. You're you're not supposed to be racist. Right. You're you're not supposed to be. You're yeah, not born. Like, you're not created to be racist. And uh, it's so while that, that falls, is yeah while that is good to not be racist because that's what you're born to not be is not racist. Yeah. Unfortunately, we live in a society where that is not the standard. Exactly. And, and so we have to be vocal. We have to move against yeah. racism. We have to stand up against racism. We have to do whatever it takes to show that, that it's not okay and that it should not be normalized. Exactly. Because that's just the fact of the matter is that, that it's racism is like 
accepted in this country for some yeah. freaking reason. Yeah, and it's just there's there's a lot of people that are willing to just let that slide. I think it's the same. You could say the same thing about all of the stuff that we're seeing within wrestling and sexual assault allegations and stuff like it. It's not enough to just be like, well, I'm I'm respectful towards women or respectful just towards people in general. Like, it's not enough to just be a good a, a good kind person and not be disrespectful. Like you, like you got to be willing to to call out the. You have a responsibility yeah, to, like, to stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. Exactly, and to just to call out and confront the people who are, you know, doing things wrong. Like, mm-hmm. if you're because, as many stories as we've heard about Joey Ryan and and all these things, and as much as Joey Ryan is a villain right now and is you know like a, a freaking public menace, like as much as all that is true, there's also you know, he's not the only person in the room when these things are going on, and it's like there there's Plenty of other people who could have stepped in. If you, stand, if you stand by and you yeah. are silent, then you're as big of as big exactly. of a part of the problem as the person who. And just being being complacent and all that is not. I mean, that's that's not better than just not doing it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's not better because you're not Joey Ryan. If you were standing in the same room, letting him do those things, like you're not helping any more than you know than anyone else is, and so. Yeah, man, just very heavy times, and it, it did feel like a good time to jump back on here and, and you know, shoot the breeze again, mm-hmm. but a lot of serious stuff going on, and it, it is, like I said, it's it's impacting every facet, every facet of, of our, lives. our lives right now, <laughs> and I think it's like, I think part of the reason, too, that it's been so different this time, like, you can just, you feel the weight of it more this time, and then, you know, we've seen these these movements happen, but... This, this one just feels more serious and I think it's the fact that people have been forced to slow down to the point where we just don't we don't have so much overwhelming we, us we're paying attention to it exactly like we, we ha- like I said we have to see it like we can't we can't avoid it and so there's nothing else to really drown it out with and so um, another thing too is like obviously we're sitting here you know neither of us are black but like I I've been listening to as many black voices as I possibly can and I've been seeking out like you know, I've, I've been trying to listen to as many podcasts, interviews, whatever, trying to list friends of mine, you know, trying to listen to as many black voices as I can right now. And just like, this is just the, this is the time for that. You know, like this is the time for listening. And, um, I mean, obviously we've been talking for, you know, almost an hour, but it's, it is the time. It's the time to, to just step back and just let someone educate you about things that you might not know. And it's like, I saw somebody say this the other day and I was like, I related with this because I, I was like, wow, I'm the same way. This guy was basically like, he was like, I, I can't believe that, you know, an episode of Atlanta was what taught me about Juneteenth, which same, I learned, I learned about Juneteenth. We weren't taught about that in school. No, I, I learned about <laughs> Juneteenth from an episode of Atlanta and you know, an episode of Watchmen is what taught me about Black Wall Street. Same. Yeah. I didn't know about Black Wall Street until I watched Watchmen. And so it's like, I was I was literally in the same boat as that guy. I was like, I'm, I've am i learned more black history from fictional TV shows than I have from, like, actual school. Like, yeah. it's like, which is crazy because, you know, th- both of those shows are, you know, they're set in kind of like real worlds, but they're not like documentary shows. No, yeah. But I learned about real history from two scripted TV shows. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, that's crazy to think that I, I learned more about black history from TV than I learned in school. And it's just like, you know, and it's, man. Like, I'm shocked at the number. Black History Month is about to be different. <laughs> different. Like, I, I am shocked at the number <laughs> of people who yeah. who have had no idea what Juneteenth was until Juneteenth this year. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like 
Exactly. And, and, it's I, like, and, and, and I've always man. been one that I've always tried. I, I don't know if it's because I'm, because I'm not white, but I'm not black. I'm Mexican. Right. <laughs> not saying I'm in the middle. I'm saying that I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not white. I'm not black. Right. But, but I don't know if it's because I, I was kind of raised with a different perspective being a minority. Right. Um, and I was kind of forced to kind of see things from a different viewpoint than the typical I guess, person. Yeah. Um, so I've always tried to educate myself on different cultures. I've always respected different cultures. Um, Definitely. I've always just, that's just, that's just kind of, and I'm very, and I'm very, I'm a very like, like, oh, dude, I'll, I'll go down rabbit holes and just watch YouTube videos on like <laughs> random historical subjects. Like, yeah. So I, I love to at least have an, a feel of what's going on and mm-hmm. kind of educate myself and be able to form my opinions. Um, but so, so I, I, I did know what Juneteenth was. Yeah. Um, and but like my wife the other day, she was like, because I because somebody had posted on Facebook, one of my I guess one of my Facebook friends had, had said, uh, what is this crap I'm hearing about Juneteenth? We were never taught about that. And this is like a you know, 60, 70 year old person. Yeah. And they're like, what what is this about this crap about Juneteenth? Uh, we were never taught about this in school. And I and so I just commented on that. I was yeah. like, Juneteenth is you know that's like the official day. Yeah. Of, you know. When when most slaves were actually freed, yeah, happened um, a long time before you were born. By the yes. way, yeah, it's like um, so. Just because you've never heard of it doesn't mean it's not you know. And so then yeah. my my wife saw the yeah. comment, and it was I think she, she had come home from work and she saw the comment. And she yeah. was kind of like, I could tell that she kind of felt kind of off because she was she she like kind of just looked at me. She's like, "Am I stupid for not knowing what Juneteenth was?" <laughs> like, but she yeah. but you could and I was like. No, you're not stupid for yeah. not knowing. You're not stupid for not knowing what you what you weren't taught. Definitely. Yeah. But she immediately like started, like, yeah, looking into it, finding out what it was, like, yeah, get, like educate yourself. You know. Yeah. So and she, I think she didn't use that as, as a crutch or right. as an excuse to to remain uneducated. She exactly. immediately was, oh, so this is what Juneteenth was. This is what it means. This is what it yeah. represents. And I think that's the common like opinion is like, nobody's gonna be mad at you if you don't know something, but it's. If something is brought to your attention and, and you and you choose to remain ignorant, yeah, you go out of your way to not learn about it. That's when it's a problem, you know. Like mm-hmm. if you don't know, like yeah, I didn't. I so I'm trying to think about. I guess that was two years ago when that season of Atlanta came on. So that yeah, so two years ago is probably the first time I ever heard about what Juneteenth was. And even and then, like it wasn't brought I to you in a full contextual. Yeah, life. like I didn't know. Like they, they, it wasn't like the episode of, of that show was not. Uh, Probably wasn't about it. it it's not. Just, it's it not just, like an educational episode. Like what actually what happens in that whole episode is they go to a party, like a Juneteenth party, and it's done. <laughs> it's thrown by this like old white guy who's like <laughs> obsessed with black people, and yeah. so it's and, and it's like a weird obsession that he like a fetish he has with black people. So it's like even in that episode, it's like you see this guy who's like trying to adopt this culture that's not his in a weird like unhealthy way, and it's like it's not an educational episode. It's really just to show that like. The whole point of it was kind of like well, we literally can't have our own holiday. Like that was mm-hmm. kind of like what the like the background of it. So it's like even in then I didn't. It wasn't super educational. So yeah, I mean it's been and, recently that I really learned what it was too. And, so, and even that, like yeah. I, obviously I've not seen that episode. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean I watched uh, Atlanta for a while, but I wasn't like a huge yeah. like super fan of it. It was a good show, but I mean that sounds like a microcosm or like a yeah. a small portion of what actually happens in real life is like yeah right. We have all these people who are like know prejudice or bigots or racist yeah but they consume black media left and right black culture black culture is the forefront of culture oh definitely like yeah the music we listen to the clothes that we wear everything about like american culture at some point came from black came from some way yes from black yeah yeah 
Exactly. And then I also hate when people are like, oh, I just don't see color. No, you better see my color, your Definitely. color. You better see my black brother's color. Definitely, yeah. Because that's Absolutely. important. Yeah, it is. And it's that was another thing that's like most people mean well when they say something like that. But at the same time, it's you're oh, that's pretty wild. purposely saying like, oh, shoot. Yeah, you're, you're purposely... Going out of your saying, way to kind of like, give yourself an excuse. To yeah, to be like, well, I just don't see how we're any different. And that's that's what a lot of people's arguments are. A lot of the kind of all lives matter crowd arguments are like, well, why do we have to be divided by color? Why do we have to? It's like, we don't have to be divided. You and just, we shouldn't be. You just should notice it. Like, <laughs> you should you know, notice like, the fact, no, yes. Being okay with realizing like my friend is black and that means that these things about him are, and these things about him, these things about how he was raised, these things about how he views the world are different than me and that's perfectly fine. Like, you know, like real, like acknowledging it as you are unique in this way and I appreciate that about you is much better than just being like, well, no, why do we have that. to be different? You know, yeah. like, and it's just like, because if we're not different, you're throwing out oh, that's wild. all these cultural things. Wow. That's awesome. Dude, shout out to NASCAR. So we were watching the start of <laughs> the, the race at Talladega, which got rained out yesterday. Some more like current events that just made me want God, to just, yeah, it just made me sick to my stomach. I want to talk about this too. Um, yeah. So there is one, for those of you who don't, I'm, I'm like a huge, like, dude, I, I love NASCAR. Huge NASCAR fan, which is ironic because I'm not white. I'm not a white Southern <laughs> redneck. I'm, I'm a. It's funny too because, like, <laughs> you're a huge fan of, like, the two main sports that people just, like, could not care less about, like, wrestling am, and NASCAR. For, yeah. I'm a, a first generation Mexican American, like, <laughs> Mom, my mother and my biological father, both from Mexico. Spanish was my first language. Man. My stepdad's white. Obviously, he introduced me to, uh, I don't say obviously, but I mean, he's, he was my inlet, my outlet to get me into NASCAR when I was like three years old. And so I've always loved NASCAR, uh, but I've also always recognized that NASCAR is viewed by the vast majority of people as a southern white redneck and sometimes racist sport. Yep. And so that's how, that's how, like, that's what my opinion of it has been. And like, yes. until recently as a white person, like that's been my opinion of it <laughs> until recently. So like, yeah. And, <laughs> and so there is one black driver in NASCAR, uh, Daryl Wallace Jr. His mother actually ran track at Tennessee. He's, oh, cool. He's a huge Tennessee fan. Yeah. Um, which was kind of how I found out about him, but he races in the NASCAR cup series, which is NASCAR's top tier of auto racing. Um, very talented driver, like super, super talented. Um, doesn't run in the in top tier equipment because NASCAR is unfortunately your success level is greatly dictated by uh, sponsorship and uh, kind of commercial commercialization. Um, so he he runs for uh, Richard Petty Motorsports, a very small team, um, but he's kind of known for outperforming. He's known for for doing better in races than he should based on his equipment. Um, so two weeks ago, he called for the for NASCAR to ban the Confederate flag from all of their events. I think is a wonderful thing to do. I don't think that that flag yeah. needs to be in public. I think that flag does have a place in history because it is history. You can't erase history. Put that flag in a museum somewhere so yeah. we can so we can learn the history and what it stood for. It doesn't have to fly on the back of your truck. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Definitely. So he called for the banning of the flag. NASCAR, to their credit has been probably the most progressive sport since all of this Black Lives Matter protest stuff has happened. Yeah, which, I, and part of that is because, like, they, they've actually been in, like, season. Like, they haven't had to suspend everything that they're doing. So, like, they did have, that gave them a, a huge platform because they were, like, 
you know, as much as like the NBA or NFL can try to do right now, they're not on TV right now. So no. like the fact that NASCAR is like airing right now gave them a huge opportunity to be like, well, we're not just going to continue with business as usual, you know? So, yeah. Definitely. And so I was listening to Bubba Wallace on, so he called for the banning of the Confederate flag. NASCAR, to their credit, like I said, they, they, they agreed. They're like, yes, we need, this is, this has no place in our sport. Historically, we have been viewed this way, this way, and this way, that it is time for us to move forward. Yep. They're under new ownership and new management, uh, NASCAR is, so they're, they're very much uh, kind of going away from that Southern white boy background. Um, so I was listening to Bubba on a, on a podcast. I listened to Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s podcast, um, and he kind of called out the other drivers. So there's, there's one black driver, Bubba Wallace. There's mm-hmm. one Mexican driver who's my favorite driver, just, I mean, Daniel Suarez, because he's – because uh, he's Mexican, he kind of you know he just had I just it just there's something about that for me, um, and so he kind of Bubba apparently there's a big group chat with all the NASCAR drivers, and he kind of called Sick. out all of the like there's like literally like a, a group iMessage with that's forty you know, some drivers, and so he gets on the group message after he spoke out against the social injustices against black people, yeah, and he called out the drivers. He's like, hey, like. My voice can only carry this so far because I'm just a black man. Right. Unfortunately, I'm just a black man. It's like it. It has to be on the people who care about this that are white. Yeah. You guys have to. You guys have to move this forward. Yeah. And to their credit, all the drivers kind of banded together and they've they've spoken out greatly against yeah, uh, against these injustices. Um, and so Talladega, they 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 get to Talladega this week. Um, Confederate flags are banned. There's some idiot asshole that like rents a small one engine plane. Yeah. It's flying like a little little uh, defund NASCAR flag out of the back of his plane. Defund NASCAR. No big no big deal. Whatever. He's an <laughs> idiot. He's an asshole and he's an idiot. Yeah. He's irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, Bubba Wallace never saw this, um, but we found out late last night that his team had gone to the garage because the race got rained out yesterday. Yeah. Um, his team had gone to the garage, and there happened to be in his garage stall a noose hanging from the garage. Yeah. Like what? Which, what is wrong with people? A lot of people were t- were immediately like saying that this was staged, and I was like, how can like how do you look at like the climate of what's going on right and now just, and, and just think, automatically and oh just no you think that yeah. like he staged this himself like first of all. It doesn't get him like positive attention. It doesn't help him move his message forward. Like, it doesn't, you know, it's it's not like that benefits him in any way. So it's like there's no reason that he would possibly. The have, people that say that know, this, the people who are who just immediately come out and say, "Oh, this must be staged," that says a lot about your heart and your character. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it it like you. They hang a noose from his garage stall. Yep. There's only one black driver in NASCAR, so you, there was no mistake made about it. Yep. There was a noose hung from his stall. Yeah. And it just it just makes me sick. It's got to be. I mean, realistically, it has to be someone who works for NASCAR in some way, right? I mean, so, like, so here's the thing about Talladega. Um, Talladega is a two and a half mile track. It's it's absolutely huge. Um, so, like, I went there last. Uh, October for the for the fall race for, on my bachelor trip, so we're actually looking at the TV right now. Okay. All that right there is where that's they have garage access for fans. Okay. Uh, However, okay. due to the coronavirus, right. they're not allowing they're they're allowing five thousand fans at the race, 
but then they're not allowing anybody in the right, garage area. Right, like no one would be back there. So yeah. the only people who have access to the garage area are the teams, the team members, which I would be extremely surprised if anybody associated with NASCAR had anything to do with this. Yeah. Um, the other they're, they're, the other people who have access are like people who actually work for the track. I see. Security, okay. um, sanitation crews. So it could have been... Someone directly employed by like Talladega, by like Talladega, or like somebody Speedway contracted out for the sake of the event, right? Um, so NASCAR so immediately, does, yeah. yeah, it kind of narrows it down. Yeah, thankfully that it was, you know, there, there aren't, there's not a, the there fact that there's many people there. Yeah, the fact that there's no fans allowed back there helps a lot um, with being able to figure out. But again, NASCAR, to their credit, immediately stepped up to the plate once they were informed of this, and they, uh, they launched an internal investigation. They voiced their complete support for Bubba Wallace and for the Black Lives Matters Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. Um, and it I've, I guess to kind of to round up everything, it's it's been pretty cool as a as a lifetime NASCAR fan to see um, them taking such a progressive stance on all these issues because like yeah. I said, as as a as a Mexican American I've seen like I mean I've never been directly harassed at a race or anything like that but I mean you see it, yeah. like, I, I recognize that it's You're still how it's been like, viewed how, how NASCAR has been viewed by the general public yeah um, and so it, it's just been kind of cool and refreshing to see freaking NASCAR of all sports yeah. <laughs> has right. been the yeah. most progressive sport in all of this and yeah. leading, leading the movement forward insane yeah like, like no one would have predicted that I don't think <laughs> but very cool I mean it's it's awesome that they're moving towards being um, like more inclusive and really just trying to like piss off their like the worst people in their fan base, which is awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's like you know the best way to kind of just root those people out is if the company directly is like we don't really have a place for you here anymore, yeah. you know. And, and so, so like, yeah. And like yeah. while while. While I don't know that it should be necessarily celebrated that that we're moving in the right direction yeah. because it should have always been that way. Right. It needs to be acknowledged at least and appreciated that that the effort's being made now to kind yeah. of bridge that gap. Definitely. But man, racism's gotta be so mad right now. I mean there's like every <laughs> every every staple of racism is just like, no, we don't want that anymore. No, we're getting like, yeah, this year. We don't <laughs> we don't need that anymore. Like they have nowhere left to run. I don't, I don't know. Oh man. But yeah, um man, shout out Bubba Wallace. Shout out. But <laughs> Wish nothing but success for him in his career. Yeah, dude. Um, also, just want to say the Edge and Orton match lasted longer than the Confederacy. <laughs> <laughs> like 50-minute match was ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, not much to say about like backlash or anything like that. Uh, Takeover was pretty cool. I don't know if you watched any of the uh, in your house take of the NXT. Watch, I watched parts of it. It was actually really cool. That was, was pretty re- good. It was refreshing to see like an actual like set. The set was very cool. The throwback. Hopefully, they'll move towards that. Hopefully, they'll move towards that. I was I was a fan of that also. And then uh, yeah, I think I'm just I just don't keep up with NXT enough to be invested in. Like when I watch the takeovers, they're always good matches. But I just know like if I was more into the the storylines, I would probably enjoy them more. But they're always good. Just if you just want to watch a stacked card of really good one off matches like any any takeover is like a good place to go like takeovers consistently deliver like the best cards of like any show even if you're not invested in the Mm storyline so yeah definitely takeover in your house was very cool it was a good way for them to just take advantage of 
the situation that they're in right now with fans and those type of things like in your house is literally the perfect theme for <laughs> for a show right now so very cool for them to take advantage of that um yeah but then we have you know bruce pritchard taking over raw and smackdown um curious to see how that's gonna play out i mean <laughs> i like paul Heyman, but i do have to i i do have to admit like Raw had been slacking recently. It was it was like far and away the better show for a long time, but like since they hired Bruce and Paul Heyman, like I remember the first the first Paul Heyman episode of Raw was the one where uh, was it Bobby Lashley? Was yeah, the one crashed the set. The one where Bobby Lashley like pushed Braun Strowman through the screen and the screen like exploded and Corey Graves like cussed on air and all this stuff. Everybody's like, Paul Heyman's back. Paul. He's back. Yeah, like he's back. <laughs> and then you know I don't know. It was good, but it's just also it's one of those things where. Obviously, like, ratings are not – I don't think ratings are any indication of, like, what's actually happening not right anymore. now. Not anymore. Because – yeah, well, not the media even, is not consumed the way it right. was 20 years ago. And even if everything was regular and it was fans allowed and stuff like that, I still don't know how much it would matter. But, like, they are really constrained in what they can do right now. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, like, somebody was going to catch flack for it. Like, somebody had to be responsible. Yeah. And Paul Heyman's one of those guys that they can – Basically, take him out of that position, and he's still going to, like, be willing to, you know, cooperate with the company or whatever. So, I think it was probably just a mutual understanding of, like, somebody's got to take responsibility for this, and, you know, we can still give you a position. But, so, yeah, Bruce has taken over both shows. Um, we'll see how that goes. I think I'm, I'm going to try to catch Raw tonight, too. Mm-hmm. Um, just see. Apparently, it was very good last week. I didn't watch it last week, but... They did. Uh, a lot of people were getting screen time. Apparently, it's like there was some continuity of like actual like, storylines and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, like seems like it's it's moving in a good direction. So hopefully, uh, Bruce will take good control of everything. But yeah, um, man, what else going on right now? Oh yeah, the only other thing that we're really missing is uh, the Matt Riddle stuff. So Matt Riddle was another big name who was coming under fire for, um, he, there was a a pretty big allegation made against him that he, um, assaulted a female wrestler a couple years ago. And there was also like an interview that came that, uh, he did when he was still fighting like MMA where he basically, he said in the interview that like weed was the only thing that kept him from like beating Beating his his kids. kids. Yeah. And I was just like, man, (laughs) like, Obviously, you know, you're not being serious, but, like, why would you even say that? Like, why would you say, like, not, I mean, I don't know. And so, and then they proceeded to have Matt Riddle beat AJ Styles on Friday night in a a taped match. So they just, I was like, you've been better off just, like, running the Brian and AJ match again. Just replaying that Brian and AJ match. They had Matt Riddle called up and beat AJ. So I... Interested to see what's going to happen with that moving forward. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, man. Let's see. I guess not much else going on right now. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we can we can get back to somewhat regularly recording these. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just there just hasn't been a lot to speak on until this week. And, I mean, we did have some pay-per-view shows. Obviously, we had Money in the Bank. I have no idea what they're going to do with Otis. But we had Money in the Bank. Um Backlash, double or nothing, um, happened at AEW, which I heard was very good. I'll never know, but I heard it was heard it was a great show. <laughs> um, 
until that free replay comes on in like 10 years. I'll never know how good it was. Um, but they are doing uh, Fighter Fest again, but they're just doing it over two Wednesday nights, which hmm. I thought was interesting. So they're, they're, every title is going to be defended, which they only have like three right now, but every title is going to be <laughs> defended. Um, they're doing, um, yeah, like fi- like a bunch of title matches, some other like, I guess pay-per-view tier matches, but they're just doing it over two weeks on TNT. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two episodes of Dynamite. So this is kind of a cool way for them to use that platform. I think they have been a little bit more um, innovative, I guess, with, you know, they did like the Bash of the Beach thing where they mm-hmm. just did it as a regular episode of Dynamite. But they're kind of like, they work in these like basically smaller, like what would be like a backlash or something like the smaller pay-per-views for WWE that they, they work them in as like regular shows. Yeah, which is cool. I kind of, I'm kind of down with that format. So, yeah, um, man, sad week for wrestling and really just for everything. But um, that's probably as much as we can really say on the on the topic right now. But yeah, this has been good. I'm glad we we finally got a live episode together. Yeah, man. Been to, been been working towards this. For yeah, a while. man. Six months. Schedule's uh, finally winked up. Yeah. So <laughs> hopefully we can do this again sometime. But uh, yeah. For sure. we'll, Try to get back at it with these episodes. It's just, yeah, hopefully we'll have enough content to go over in the coming weeks. So, yeah. Other than that, I think we'll see you guys next time. Um, Black Lives Matter. Justice for Floyd. Mm -hmm. Later. See ya.